Coming up today on Those Guys, I interview Brett Gray. I am so fucking excited for this episode. I've been looking forward to having him on. You know I'll get it started with our new segment, Those Guys or Not Those Guys, before moving into our interview on his entrepreneurial drive, his remarkable journey from starting as an entrepreneur from a young age, moving towards starting Soho Youth Club, and so much more. It all starts on Those Guys right now. All right, PG. Welcome on. So happy you came on. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've wanted to interview you on this podcast. You are definitely one of my most interesting friends. You have a lot of stories to tell, a lot of interesting experiences you've had in your life. And uh, this is going to be quite fascinating, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. So we have to start with a segment that I started in the last episode with Kramer. And I would be mistaken if I didn't give Mac a little shout out. I forgot to in the last episode. He came up with the idea um, to do a those guys and not those guys segment. So the way this is going to work, I'm going to give you a couple of things. It might be a person, might be a place, might be a team, whatever it may be. You're going to tell me if uh, they're not those guys or if they're those guys, all right? Yeah, let me hear it. All right, so the first one I got for you, they are one in three. They had a really bad injury to start the season, and they started to show some signs of life against the Chiefs, though. Are the Jets those guys are not those, or not those guys? They're definitely those guys. Really? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be those guys at any point this season, but, like, they've got the pieces in place for a bright future. If that injury week one never happened, we'd be talking – the whole narrative around this team would be way different than it is right now. I don't I – don't, I, I won't lie. I don't have confidence in them turning it around with Zach Wilson at the helm, but, like, I won't say that the team as a whole is not those guys. They've got a lot of, a lot of pieces in place and a lot of things to be excited about for the future. So you think the Jets are those guys, but Zach Wilson's not that guy? That's your take on it? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Do you have any hope that he could lead you guys to the playoffs? It feels like you guys just have, like, so much talent on no, the I think Way I think more that, than my past. I think that if they, they needed to pull that out against the Chiefs, and if they did, then my response might be a little bit different. It looked like they, that was their game to win. That was a different Zach than we've seen all season. But, um, you know, given that it slipped away from us, I, I really don't have any confidence that we're going to do anything with Zach. And, you know, we'll, we'll see – We'll see if we trade for another quarterback that, that could be the spark that we need. But, um, you know, again, I've got confidence in a lot of the guys on this team and what they're going to be able to do in the future. But I don't, I don't think uh, uh, this season is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I would agree in that assessment. I don't think the Jets have the playoffs in, them, in their future with Zach Wilson at the helm. But you guys have way more talent than my Pats and a lot more to be excited about. I'm going to shift to the second thing I got for you. I guess we'll stay on the topic of Jets Chiefs. Very interesting question. Taylor Swift, are you a Swifty? Is she that girl or not that girl? No, nah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a Swifty at all. I don't, I don't listen, like, I don't listen to her music, like, and I hate what's going on right now with, with, with all this stuff. It's terrible. It's, it's taking so much attention away from, like, it's just the fact that, like, the NFL, which is, you know, the biggest sports league in our country, the bit, like, and, and, you know, the most, most watched sporting events, like, the fact that this, you know, colossal of, of a league can be putting so much attention on one individual player's girlfriend, not to mention, like, arguably the greatest tight end of all times, girlfriend is getting all this attention, like, is, is, is fucking ridiculous. So I'm very far from a Swifty. And, and no, no disrespect. I know that she's like, I know that she's, she's like that, but like, not my type of music. And I also don't like what's happening right now with the whole NFL stuff. I think it's such a joke what's happening in the NFL. Like, did you see the NFL put in their bio right after they beat the jet after the chiefs beat the jets like the chiefs are 2 and 0 since becoming swifties or some shit like they I, I i thought that was i thought that was i thought that was like edited when i cuz i saw it on twitter and i was like there's just no way that's real then i went on instagram to like check their bio it's crazy i was just like at the fact that i mean listen the nfl shouldn't have any like one individual team mentioned in their bio regardless Never. of what is being Never. is being mentioned like and especially after league, that but... awful call at the end of the game it makes it like kind of sus no Exactly. I don't know if you saw, but like Sauce, Sauce had tweeted something saying like, yeah, like if it wasn't against, uh, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but like alluding to the fact that like, I think he you know, said, didn't he say if he was a Swifty, if he, didn't he say if he was a Swifty, then like he wouldn't, that call wouldn't have been made or something. 
I could be wrong. Exactly. But it's no, 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 it is. But like, it's just such a bad look and it's definitely getting way out of hand. Like the league has to chill out. I mean, I get it from their perspective in the sense that like, you know, she's, she's a beast and like, it's, it's all about money. And like, they're, you know, the, the, um, viewership numbers are through the roof. Even if you look at from Kelsey's perspective, like his Jersey sales, like all this stuff, like his Instagram followers, like everything is blowing up. Like I understand that she has this effect, but like, you have to also, you know, respect the integrity of like the league and know that like, you got to just, just chill out at a certain point. Yeah, that's fair. Are you, before we move on from Taylor Swift, are you into the conspiracy theories around it? Do you think this is completely a money grab by the NFL or you think Kelsey and Swift actually have something going on here? No, no, no. I don't. I think that Kelsey and Swift have a real relationship. I don't think that Kelsey would be willing to just like sacrifice his name and image to be a little puppet for the NFL's benefit. Um, I, I think that they have a real relationship, but I think that the NFL is like doing way too much to try and capitalize on it. Like, and I also can't imagine that Kelsey himself is enjoying this. Like, all the attention. Like, again, it's you're not talking absurd. about some random NFL player. Like, it's absurd. Arguably the best tight end to ever play the sport, and like now all of a sudden in like half the country's eyes, he's just Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Like that's ridiculous to me. You think he's gonna get sick of it soon? If he's not already sick of it, he might. Like I, I feel mean, like he I'm might sure. love the attention. Like he might be one of those guys that just loves it. I don't know. I need. He also has like his podcast, so like I, I'd be interested to see like if he addresses it addresses it at all on there. Um, I'm sure he must talk about it, but he must. Um, I mean. I don't know how he would possibly like it. Like he's already had so much attention for like what he's actually good at. Now he's just like somebody else's boyfriend. So I don't know. Fair enough. All right. I got a, I got number three for you. I know they are your guys. They started three and oh, two back, two back to back blowout losses against Oregon and then USC this past weekend. And they actually, they did fight back at the end, but generally a blowout for most of the game. So Colorado football, are they still those guys or after those two losses, are they not those guys? Listen, what I like about – so first I want to correct you. Like that game against Oregon was definitely not a blowout. They lost by one possession. The game against, um, the game but, against USC. I, I, I said oh, – yeah, 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 I said it for – correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. USC, not a blowout. They, I mean, they, they were down three touchdowns in the first half. They were down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like there were some garbage time touchdowns. But, yes, generally it was not a blowout the whole game. I'll give it to you. No, no, for sure. Oregon, though, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, what I'll say, though, is that, like – they're those guys from the perspective of like what they're doing for the sport more so than like how they're performing on the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not um, stupid. Like, I don't think like, I, I never thought that they were going to beat Oregon or UFC. Like, I, I, it's not like I even expected that, but I there think were a lot who what, thought it could happen. There were people. I see. I was, I never even had those false expectations. Um, I thought that they had a good shot to beat TCU week one. And that alone was like, people weren't even on the wave at that point. But um, my, my thought is that like what Dion and, and what that program is like doing for the sport of, of college football and like, you know, being able to bring so much attention and ener- like so much energy around the program, having like every, this, they're the most fun team to watch. Like you're not going to argue that like Ed, their viewership numbers through the roof. Everybody wants to tune in having some of these crazy notable people like, bro, Jay-Z is that uh, is in Boulder, Colorado for a college football game. Like that game Jay-Z is- doesn't even, he's not coming to, to, he's, he's not coming to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and he's not going to, to Southern California. Yeah. Like, he's in Boulder, Colorado. To see, like, it's, it's crazy what, what he's doing. So I, um, I think that, like, the prime effect is real, and, and what he's doing there is amazing. But I, I'm not going to, like, lie to myself and think that they're a great football team. Like, they're just not. Yeah, I'll give it to you. It's, it's, they're definitely those guys in terms of popularity. That Colorado State game, like, I could not believe how many people were at that game to watch than play against Colorado State. The prime effect is real, but as a football team, you know I'm off their wave. Not those guys. Don't see them winning more than eight games this year, if they even get there. That remains Yeah, but listen, year. listen. You're saying, you're saying don't see them winning more than eight. I'll need to check this, check this myself. But before the season, it was like, over yeah, the wins, it was low. It was, either, it was like, I think it was, it was low. three and a half wins. Yeah, four and, and a half max. It was something like that. That's what I'm saying. So even the fact that, like, they're at I think, this place where they're at with, with you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I – I applaud them for what they're doing. I don't think that they're a real competitive football team, but I think that what they're doing is really cool. Respect. All right, so I know you used to spend a lot of time working in, like, the sneaker industry. You love your shoes. What's the word on the JT ones in that community? Are they those guys or not those guys? Well, so, like, my involvement in the sneaker community 
besides like the like original like LeBron Kobe KD days like never really was focused on like basketball I guess Jordans are basketball sneakers but like it was more so kind of like these like like Jordans and and you know some other like lifestyle sneakers sure. more so than like performance basketball shoes so um I don't I don't have a strong take on them like for my personal opinion though I think they're cool I, and and I honestly think that over the past few years like the bar is set so low now like the like ba- performance basketball shoes when like in that Nike uh, um LeBron, Kobe, KD era, like, they were fucking sick. Yeah, like, I, like, I even remember. Like, I would get excited about LeBron's coming out every year, KD's coming out, like, those those low KDs with, like, the Velcro over them. Like, those were so yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah, the KD4s. Those were Bro, so tough. The best shoes. Yeah, 100%. But it's, like, it hit a point where, um, you know, it fell off so hard. And, like, a lot of the re- – even, like, the more recent LeBron's, um, terrible. Um, I, I think the Tatums – I think the Tatums are pretty solid. And then, but, but so so I, I'll call it those guys for sure. All right, I'll um, give it to. But him. then like I, I think that like Nike basketball and the way that like performance basketball shoes are in as a whole is is not those guys. That's that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely falling off. I'll agree with you on that. All right, I got one more for you to wrap up this segment. So obviously, Michael Rubin's white party has gone completely viral. Everyone sees all the pictures, and it feels like somewhat of a trend now that because he did that, that other people in maybe our circle or people, you know, decide to host these white parties all summer and think they're just as cool as Michael Rubin's party. So what is your take white parties that are not hosted by Michael Rubin? Are they those guys or not those guys? And they should just be left for Michael Rubin to host. I mean, if you're just hosting a white party, cause you want to host a white party, then fuck it. But like, if you're hosting a white party purely to like try and replicate what he's doing, like, not like like you got to work harder and try and get an invite there. It's not the, that's not those guys. It feels like it's become somewhat of a trend. Like I've seen people posting on Instagram at like their own parties, and like I don't remember seeing that many white parties. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I feel like it's become much more of a thing because of what he's done. I think that yeah. I think that listen, like obviously, like he didn't like create that. Like the whole concept of wearing all white to a party is is you know far and away the biggest that that there ever was. Um, but again, like just having a white party, like, you know, we've seen those at school too, like, cool. But like, if the whole focus of your white party is to try and be like, oh, like, this is like a, you know, a knockoff of that. Like, nah, not those guys. You gotta, you gotta go hit, hit your computer and work a little harder. Maybe you'll get that invite. All right. So I have one more bonus one for, to finish out this segment. So I think it needs a little bit of background before I get into this. So every year on the Super Bowl starting, I believe it was our freshman year of college, you decided to have me dress in your wardrobe. And why that was so funny is because I am like the most basic dresser dresser. Like I wear dry fit shorts, dry fit t-shirt, or like jeans and a t-shirt out, like basic Stan Smith shoes, basic Nike running sneakers. If I'm like going to work out or something, I like am not a sophisticated wardrobe person at all. So it only made sense and it could only be so funny for me to dress as you, who's like the complete opposite. Then we decided to take it to a new level. I think this was maybe our junior year that you actually decided to dress as me for Halloween. We actually did a swap. We dressed as each other. So you wore my Kyrie as a douche shirt. You wore dry fit shorts. We never see you in shorts, regular basic shoes. And you have me dressed in like Chrome Hearts pants and like some <laughs> crazy sweatshirt and a beanie, like chains, whatever it may be. So for this last one, I want to know, you had that opportunity to dress as me. I think I know the answer. From your perspective, my wardrobe, is it those guys or not those guys? Not those guys. Not at all. <laughs> but, not but, at all. But listen, with, with all due respect, I think I would give that same answer for like every single one of our boys. Like I'm, I'm, very, I'm very picky when it comes to um, what I like and dislike on, on the – whole like clothing and, and shoes and accessories all that type of stuff so it's easy not those guys but but don't take it personally because i think everybody else will get the same answer i'll never forget that first time you dressed me up it was our freshman year before the super bowl and i honestly couldn't really believe what i was wearing i think that the most expensive outfit i've ever put on in my life i definitely, is like, I definitely had you in some shit right it's, there it's definitely mm-hmm. that but i'm saying prior to that it was probably like a nice pair of jeans for maybe 200 bucks and maybe a nice all saints t-shirt for like 80 bucks. 
maybe like a nicer sneaker for like 150 and there you go. So like my most expensive outfit ever has maybe topped out at like 450. You had me that day in like what? You had I had Chrome Hearts pants, I had chains, I had like I forget what kind of sweatshirt it was. It was that blue and orange shit. Like you had me oh, that like wearing yeah. thousands. Yeah, I don't know. You had you had a couple of racks on you for sure. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I, I knew I knew you were gonna take care of it. And bro, you you stepped in there and people were like, yo, BG, like they you Oh you, my god, you, it was, you really right when like I walked me. in. Right when I walked in, people legitimately thought it was you. Like they they were in shock. Yeah, bro, I got you. Anytime you anytime you wanna borrow, bro, even this weekend, I don't even know if you caught it and, and Lehman, I'm sorry to expose you like this real quick, but we're at my we're at, uh, we're pre giving my apartment uh, before we're all going out together for, for my birthday and um, Lehman's like yo like let me get some drip bro like <laughs> <laughs> oh wow he, 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 Lehman's he, trying to run it damn he really he he's trying to steal my shine bro mid pre game he came upstairs to my room like he's like yo like just give me a shirt or something like I like he asked me like four different times to the point where I was like bro like are you serious like do you actually want me to give you like he was wearing a normal outfit I was like do you really want me to give you some clothes he's like yeah bro like just give me a shirt <laughs> to, I, I, to be fair to be fair he did join in on dressing as you for Halloween last year so he's gotten a little bit of exposure to the BG drip yeah yeah I guess I guess it's fair so I guess I guess the offer is extended for both you and Lehman anytime I, I won't say no I, I just need my clothes back after for sure is there someone else you can think of off the top of your head that like you would love to dress up in your wardrobe? Like who would be the next person on your list that you'd think nah, would, it would be just honest, be fucking I'm cool, hysterical? I'm, I'm, I'm cool with like not having more people do it. Cause like, That's I it, need just a, me. it's like, bro, I need to, uh, I need to preserve the value of these items too. So it's like, I, Let's go. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't trust too many people with it. It's like two, two is plenty, bro. I, I need, I need to get my stuff back intact. I appreciate that. I guess. I'm more than happy to be the only one that can do it. We're a couple months away from the Super Bowl, and I can't fucking wait. Oh, we'll, be, anyway, we'll be back to it again this year, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break, um, and then I want to get into uh, our interview that I've had plans and show our audience what you do. All right, BG, let's get into this. So where I want to start is going all the way back to when I met you. This was now over four years ago. And one thing that stood out to me was I'll never forget when we were going around and a lot of people in our circle were discussing goals they had in life, what they wanted to do potentially. And when it got to you, you said, my goal is that I never want to work for someone for the rest of my life. And I found that so interesting that of all the things you could have said, I'm meeting you for the first time. I don't know exactly who you are and what your background is. And that's your one goal. And since that day, you've completely embodied that. You've lived and breathed that. Um, so can you talk about when did that become a goal of yours? Was this something that you wanted to do your whole life? You just wanted to be your own boss? Or did this kind of goal of yours begin once we started college, per se? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely something that I've had with me my, my entire life. Um, you know, my first entrepreneurial experience came when I was like 11, 12 years old, when I first got into the business of buying and selling sneakers, um, which really started with like, I just wanted these cool new sneakers, like the ones that we were just talking about, those KDs, LeBrons, um, Kobe's, et cetera, Jordan's like, I wanted them, you know, my parents would probably get me a pair for, for my birthday or something, but like, they wouldn't keep up with like, oh, I want this pair too. I want this pair too. So I had to kind of find a way of like, all right, like, how, how am I going to get these? And that's when I kind of fell in love with like, just like hustling, like, like, let me buy something and sell it for a profit and, you know, end up with a certain amount of money. And that's just going to go to buying my next pair of sneakers. So that's where, that's where I really fell in love with it at like a super young age. Um, and then, you know, all through middle school and high school, I, you know, continued to get involved with a few different entrepreneurial ventures. Like I never, I didn't, I wasn't really work. I had, two different, I guess, like internships that were like, you know, pushed on me from my parents of like, oh, this will look good for your college application or whatever. But like when it, when it came down to like what I was looking to do, like I was starting different companies and, and whatever, like from that young age, I, I knew that. And, and, you know, really just getting involved with it is how I really fell in love with it. Um, but so to answer your question, like definitely, definitely from a young age, I, I guess the other thing I'd say is that like my dad, um, he hasn't, he, he works for himself as well. And like, um, he didn't, he didn't start the company as a family business, but like also seeing, you know, the flexibility and freedom that he had being in this like self-employed position, like 
there was never any time where like for whether I was, you know, playing in a sporting event or, or back to school or anything like that. Like, you know, there's some kids whose parents just like have, you know, uh, uh, work obligations and, and can't make that stuff happen. Like my dad, I, I was able to like, my dad was with me at, at all times growing up. And like, that was something that also kind of stuck with me where I was just like, listen, like, I don't want to be on anybody else's schedule. I want to kind of like do this stuff my own way. So obviously that's a hard path to take, but it's something that like in my head, I, I, I've known I, I wanted to pursue from, from a very young age. I can't even imagine you at an internship. You must've fucking hated that. Yeah, I hated it. But like, listen, the way I am is that like, bro, even when I'm put in those positions, I'm still, you know, exercising some of those same like, uh, um, whatever, like actions that I, that I do as an entrepreneur. So it's like, I'm in this internship position, but like, I'm still just like trying to meet new people, network and like leveraging those connections outside of my internship. Like, all right, like I just met this person, so-and-so at work today. Like, how can I go ahead and build with this person outside of this? Cause like, yeah, again, like those internships that I, did, I, I interned, they were cool. I mean, I, I interned for slam magazine, which is like the biggest basketball magazine. That's sick. Um, I, um, I wrote some articles. I, Bro, uh, we might have to I see ever, some of those articles. We, uh, we might I, have I to find them in the archives. Might be able to pull them up in the archive. I actually remember writing an article about uh, Gordon Hayward on the Celtics. Oh, um, God. Don't, don't <laughs> um, remind me. What a disaster. But, uh, but yeah, I worked, I worked for Slam Magazine. Actually, for Slam Kicks, which is like the sneaker division of Slam Magazine. So it, was, it wasn't bad. And then um, I worked for – it wasn't really an internship, but I worked for uh, – stadium goods which is like one of the biggest sneaker stores in the world and was like a direct continuation of kind of what i had already done in, in, in the sneaker business but that that's my only like work experience not for myself and you know will hopefully be the only work experience not for myself forever knowing you it definitely will be the last work experience you've had forever i know that you're going to stick to it that i want to shift to this so there are a lot of people out there who probably don't know you so well and they'll just know you as the guy who started Soho Youth Club. But you're actually so much more than that since you started Soho Youth Club. So for those people who may not know you as well, can you start by, one, talking a little bit about what the motivation was behind creating Soho Youth Club and what your kind of core idea behind it is? And then number two, how that experience has led to a lot of other entrepreneurial experiences that people may not know you're working on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess I can start with the first thing you said was kind of like the motivation behind, behind I, well, before any of that, Soho Youth Club is a brand um, focused on empowering the youth um, and, and really trying to give back to youth from, from underserved communities. So we put together different clothing collections tied to different philanthropic initiatives. And, um, you know, it's like we'll have cool different collections and campaigns that are released and we'll tie them to different um, workshops and opportunities all focused on trying to um, teach, teach underserved youth. Really, really the whole concept behind it is wanting to like teach kids what they're not going to learn in school and, and some things that like they might actually be able to uh, carry with them towards, you know, pursuing a, a career or something more so than like, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've given you my spew before, but I have I know. a lot of, I have a lot of, um, issues with, uh, you know, flaws in the academic system, both, oh, yeah. you know, both at the college level, but also below that. So um, that, that kind of inspired a piece of it was like, listen, like, you know, uh, I'd say damn near a hundred percent of what I, what I learned and, and, and possessed that, that drives, you know, my entrepreneurial growth to date. Like I didn't learn any of that in school. That was all through just getting experience and getting out there. So it's really built on like, all right, let me, try and teach some kids like what they're not going to learn in school, but also, you know, I want to focus on, on, on a specific like audience and demographic where like they're already stripped of these opportunities to begin with, because I mean, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate enough to have like, you know, I was able to pursue entrepreneurship because of the background that I came in. Whereas like, I didn't necessarily have to like be working to feed my family or anything like that. It was like, because I had some um, stability behind me that, that like empowered me to do uh, such a thing. Um, but I think that it's, it's difficult for a lot of people out there who don't necessarily come from a fortune of, of, of a background. So that's really the audience that I was trying to serve with it. But I mean, another piece of inspiration is like my, my dad and, and my grandfather who, um, who passed away a few years ago, but like they worked together, um, you know, like I mentioned before is they're in the family business. Yeah. Um, my grandpa kind of like passed the torch down to my dad, but 
not that they do anything remotely similar to what I do. They're in like the produce food business, but like, you know, they've been mentors of mine my whole life and, and, you know, being able to be in their shadows and see how they operate from a business perspective, but also how they handle themselves just like individually inspired me because like they were always very uh, uh, charitable and like through always, you know, looking for ways to help people, whether it be customers that they're working with and just, you know, being nice to them and, 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 you know, like showing, showing respect to everybody, regardless of who they are, or if it's like, you know, putting together these Thanksgiving food drives every year and donating food to children's hospitals and, and the list goes on. So I think that like from a very young age, being exposed to that also, while I was already being involved in different entrepreneurial projects kind of inspired me to like, listen, like making money is cool. And like, I got my first taste of making money at like a really young age, but like, I quickly was kind of like, fuck that. Like I would rather do something to actually help people and like empower other people. Like, obviously you got to make money. You got to support yourself and, and fund whatever lifestyle it is that you're trying to live. But like, it's way cooler to be able to give back and help other people and make other people smile, not just yourself. So that's, yeah, that's really incredible. the inspiration behind, behind starting it. Um, yeah. What a lot of, what a lot of people don't know um, is that like I ran a brand called Canal Street Art Club before Soho Youth Club. Um, and so I previously mentioned before the, like working at stadium goods, I worked at stadium goods this summer in between senior year of high school and, and our freshman year at Michigan. And there at stadium goods, one of my coworkers and I like, again, like to date, my whole experience was just in sneakers at this point. Right. Um, and the worlds of sneakers and, and streetwear and clothing, like they go hand in hand, but I had never like been involved in any sort of clothing project. And, uh, my coworker and I, started working on this, on this project called Canal Street Art Club. It was built on the, like a, a similar concept to Soho Youth Club, but specifically focused on art where like my, uh, my partner with that came from a completely different background than I did in, in Harlem, New York. And, you know, him being into art and like pursuing art as a, as a career and a passion was, you know, out of the blue from a lot of the other paths that like are more commonly taken from, from people in Harlem and, and, you know, not just Harlem, but just a different demographic. So he, um, we started this company Canal Street Art Club with the same idea of like trying to, you know, promote art to these young kids. Like this is another way for you guys to uh, pursue a career. And, and it was all like all the different collections were going to be tied to art and whatnot. And unfortunately after like a year of building out that concept together, we had a, a disagreement that led us to split, but I, uh, I wasn't going to let that much work and brainstorming just go to waste. So that's when I quickly pivoted to like, all right, fuck art. I mean, not fuck art, but like I could do so much more than art. Like, and, and, and art was the first initiative that I ever put together through so Youth Club, but I was like, I can take this and do something way bigger and really just try and teach kids on way more than just art. And, and that's, that's what happened. That's awesome. I already, I don't even know if I've known that story myself. So obviously like so impressive how you're just able to pivot quickly, deal with a split and, kind of turned into something even bigger. So like I said, like a lot of people know you as the man behind Soho Youth Club, but since you started Soho back in, what was it, 2020 it started? It was right, uh, yeah, I think so. It was right when, right when the pandemic hit. Yeah, so um, 2020. Was, yeah, we'll call yeah. it 2020 when you started Soho Youth Club. But since then, you've actually done a whole lot more beyond Soho Youth Club. So wanna, can you talk a little bit about what like you're doing now and how you're – entrepreneurial lifestyle has shifted from a sole focused on Soho youth club to kind of doing more things at once. Yeah, for sure. So um, maybe to your surprise and, and to a lot of different viewers surprise, um, I'm actually not working on Soho youth club at the current moment. Um, I uh, coming up on like probably like nine, 10 months ago, I, I decided to put Soho youth club on hold. Um, I'll definitely not say that like, I'm, I'm not done with it by any means. Um, it will always be in the back of my head as like, I'm going to revisit this thing and really turn it into what I've always dreamed of turning it into. But mm -hmm. I've just am working on a few different other projects right now, which I'll get into in a minute and decided that like I needed to put it to the side and really capitalize on these other things that I'm working on. Otherwise I would kind of be like half-assing it and, and doing myself a disservice. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, so I'll, I'll be back to Soho Youth Club in due time. No doubt about it. Need some more sweatshirts I'm, soon. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting until I, you know, continue to expand my network, uh, uh, get my money up until I'm so, so, so I'm really able to like 
focus and, and put 100% energy and really have confidence that I'm going to turn this into what I want to turn it into. But so right now, um, well, pretty much immediately after starting Soho Youth Club, I started a merchandise production company because of the like positive feedback that I was getting around the quality of products that we were creating. Um, and I ran that for a little bit with, um, you know, one of my best friends who, you know, Giannis, also my roommate. What up, Giannis? Um, we, we, uh, shit, like a year or so ago, something like that, um, decided to kind of just like break it apart. Um, and, and he still does some merch related stuff, but I then started by what, but it, that company had evolved into, which is called Wagyu Solutions. And so with Wagyu Solutions, we specialize in, uh, premium quality, domestically produced merchandise. We work with a handful of different music artists, a variety of different companies I work with. It's really such a wide spectrum. I do merch for like healthcare companies and I also do merch for like some of your favorite music artists. So it's uh not my it's, favorite it's, music artists, but other people's favorite music artists. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you could say that. Um but um yeah that's that's been cool. Um actually I don't know if I'd use cool to describe it. I don't necessarily love that work, but it's it was easy for me to just it, I kind of just saw the opportunity of like, oh I've got another business I've got all these people asking me, like, how am I doing this? Like, why don't I sell that as a separate service and started another company off of it? But um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm actively making merch for a handful of music artists and, and uh, different companies through, I briefly mentioned healthcare right there. So like through making merch with one of this VC, comp, uh, VC firm that you know, specializes in investing in healthcare startups, uh, I've been working with them for the past year and a half or so, but so over time I connected or I formed a closer relationship with like their partners and their CEO of that VC came to me like, listen, bro, I, I want to start a, uh, a clothing company with you. I I've always had ideas behind it and um, I don't have the creative expertise that you have or, or, or the time. And so that's something that we're, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share too much. That's, that's a, it's a work in progress and you guys will see more about that soon, but I know there's, a, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a brand new clothing company in the works right now. Let's go. Um, but uh, yeah, different than Soho Youth Club this time it's uh, I don't have to stress out about, you know, funding it and putting resources behind it. I'm really just being brought in to like, you know, let, let, let my creative engine go. So um, I, I'm really excited about that. Um, oh, I, I don't know how I, I forgot this, but Sack the Stigma uh, started, Sack the Stigma, which like initially started as a one-time initiative within Soho Youth Club. So like with Soho Youth Club, we did a whole bunch of different collaborations. We collaborated with Valiant, which is a Ann Arbor-based, um, you know, apparel company, but also like an NIL management company. And I was connected with the founder of Valiant by a mutual friend. And we came together to do like a one-time collaboration between Soho Youth Club and Valiant. We decided to focus it on mental health and came up with the slogan, Sack the Stigma, to, to launch this whole campaign. And we got a ton of positive feedback. We put together this uh, video with like about, I don't know, 10 to 15 of the Michigan football players at the time talking about why is mental, what does mental health mean to you? Um, why, why is it important? How do you sack the stigma? We designed gear with the Block M. We sold it through MDEN, which is the official Michigan retailer. We had a, an amazing campaign put together through it. And again, like this was just living within Soho Youth Club at the time. And because of all the positive feedback, we were just like, all right, let's turn this into a company of its own. So Sack the Stigma is, is fully a company of its own. I've got two co-founders that, a few different people that are, that are working for us now. Super excited about that. Um, you know, we got started at Michigan and I guess I didn't really explain it well, but like the whole thing is focused, the whole concept is focused on raising mental health awareness and really trying to reduce the stigma around mental health, primarily amongst athletes and college athletes for now. We definitely have hopes to expand to professional sports at some point, but um, we got started at Michigan because all three of our co-founders were there in Ann Arbor, uh, students at Michigan, but uh, we're now actively working towards partnerships with many other universities, which is super exciting and it's awesome. we'll really just be able to maximize, you know, the awareness we're raising and, and, you know, sack the stigma. But so That's it's awesome. good timing because this, I'm not gonna, I, I won't, I won't spoil it, but uh, this, this Saturday, we're going to have some, um, some, some big photos come out probably, or, or we've got, we've got some big programs outside of just Michigan that'll be repping sack the stigma. So keep That's your eye out for that. That's big. Yeah. Well, just awesome stuff that you're doing. I want to dive a little bit further into your entrepreneurial mindset and what your typical day looks like. 
because I feel like a lot of people are drawn to entrepreneurship because they think that the lifestyle is I can be my own boss, I can set my own schedule, I don't have to work as much, I don't have to report to someone and this is great. Like I'll do my own thing, I'll do some work and then I'll live my life, I'm working for myself, it's great. But that is like so far from the reality and it's actually just the opposite and you really embody that. So can you talk a little bit about what your typical workday looks like because you're certainly not doing a typical nine to five. You're doing so much more than that. And then how you just like keep yourself motivated on top of things. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, and, and by the way, I also, I don't need to go that deep into it, but I'm also working. I've got, I've got a fourth company that I didn't, I didn't mention there um, that I'm working directly with like one of the music artists who I've fortunately been able to form a strong relationship with uh, him and his team. So getting way more involved on, on his business side of things, which I'm excited about too. But, but back to, back to your question. I mean, listen, like, I hate to say it like that, but like, if you have to ask yourself that question, then like this game isn't for you. Um, because the reality is that like, you know, the nature of, of, of work in the real world is like, you have a set amount of hours and you have a set amount of work that you need to do. And like, you complete that and you're getting paid a, a salary. You, it, a fixed salary that you know exactly what it is. You know, you might get some bonuses, but like it's all laid out for you. You have certain expectations, you fulfill the expectations and you get the end result. That could not be, you know, that, that's nothing like what the world of entrepreneurship is. You know, it's, it's all a massive risk. You know, you, you have no idea what you're going to get out of it, but what you do know is that what you put in is what you get out. So um, it's, it's nothing that anybody should sign up for unless you're ready to, you know, go all in on it. Yeah. Like, 40 hour work week, people dread over that. Like, bro, I, I, I'm working from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. Um, and like, like seven days a week, I don't work five days a week. So it's, it's, I, I really never turn off. Um, and, you know, obviously I can take breaks and, you know, I, I do what's necessary for myself to take care of myself. Like, I understand how important that is for sure. But at the end of the day, like, the work isn't going to get done if I'm not doing it. So, so it's like, I, I'm always, I'm always on go and, um, and, it's, it's definitely not easy, but I, would I trade it for anything else? Like no shot. Like I, I love this thing. That's why I'm doing it. But again, like it's a lot easier for people to, to take a, take a path where it's like, they know exactly what's, ex what's expected of them and they know what they have to deliver on. And, and that's it. Um, for me, it's like, I love the whole concept of uncertainty. And I also love the idea of like, listen, however hard I work is what I'm going to get out of it. Because like, I know I'm going to like outwork the person next to me. Like I know that for a fact, like, because I'm the one doing it. So, exactly. um, so, so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not for everybody. And if you have to question if it's for you, it's not for you. I promise you that. But if you have that, that ambition and, um, and, and you're really, you know, passionate about whatever it might be, I think passion is another big thing that entrepreneurs miss where it's like, it's not easy to really like go all in on any sort of project if you're not genuinely passionate about it. And, you know, I, will, you know, pledge that for my entire entrepreneurial journey, I'm never going to get invested into anything that like, I don't actually care about because the amount of time and energy that you have to put in to actually bring something to life is like, you know, colossal. So it's like to, to, that's, that's not a sacrifice I'm willing to make for something that's just going to make me money. Like I need to actually care about it. And, and so, you know, passion is everything. You can't, you can't even try to get started with this thing. If you're just trying to grab money, like it's, it all has to come from your heart. Yeah, you certainly have it. It's always so impressive to me just being around you. And like you said, you obviously take care of yourself, but there's just been so many times where we're watching football or we're out or we're at dinner or something. You got something else to do. And it's impressive how you really are locked in on your work seven days a week, 24 hours. And that's certainly not for everyone. And I think that a lot of times entrepreneurship is just misleading for people who think that they can work the same amount of hours as a regular employee and just set their own schedule, but it's really much more than that. And you really embody that. And I've always been impressed by that. Uh, I appreciate that. I think, I think another thing too, like it comes with a lot of sacrifice too, where it's like, you know, a good part of being an employee somewhere is that like, you're guaranteed X amount of dollars. And like, you know, whether that's like, it's like, you, you know, you're getting paid weekly or biweekly or however your company does it. Whereas like with entrepreneurship, it's like, bro, I'm hustling for every last dollar I make. Like I never, I, I don't know what I'm going to make. You know, obviously I, I try to have some things that are like consistent revenue streams, but like, it's all, it's all a product of, of, of how much you're going to work. And, and there's a lot of risk. There's been a lot of different times where I've gotten myself involved in different projects um, for that, that like 
you know, I was excited to build and, and be a part of for, for the bigger picture. So it's like, I might've had to work, you know, for X amount of months without even necessarily getting paid, but just, just for the fact of like, listen, I need to capitalize on the fact that I'm in this room right now. And, and, and this is going to pay me, pay me further down the line. So even with, with the artists that I'm working with, you know, in a way bigger capacity now, it was like when I first started working with him, there wasn't that much money in it for me, but I still didn't turn anything down because I knew in the back of my head, like I could be replaced so easily. That's the mindset that I think a lot of people need to remember is that like, there's a lot of people that can do your job, but like the actual, um, you know, hunger that you're going to do it with, like, that's, that's what matters. So it's like, if you understand that and you know that like you're willing to sacrifice a couple of dollars here and a couple of dollars there for the bigger picture, like that's, that's how you're going to really find success. So like, I didn't get, I didn't get greedy talking about like, Oh no, you need to pay me for X amount of hours that I put in. I've been logging my out. Like, no, like I knew I was part of it for the bigger picture. And, and now it's, it's just finally starting to, to pay off a little bit, but it's, it comes with a lot of sacrifice and, and you got to play for the bigger picture. But again, like game, game is not for everybody. Very impressive stuff. Very impressive. And I'm, happy that it's finally starting to pay off. And I know it's going to pay off a lot more into the future. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite parts about what you do is how many other people you've brought in to help you and your willingness to bring other people on board and get a little bit ex- of experience with the platform that you have. I know that Kramer, when he needed, it, needed an internship for school credit, you're willing to bring him on board, help him out, give him exposure. When Michaela needed some writing experience, you let her come on, write for Soho Youth Club. With my brother, you've been so unbelievable helping him with his entrepreneurial endeavors and making clothes for him and his ones ball experience. So I want to know how important is bringing other people on board with your platform been to you? Is that like towards the top of your priority? Because from an outside perspective, it feels like whenever you have the opportunity to help someone out or bring someone on board with you, you jump at the opportunity right away. Yeah, totally. I, if, I, if I have the opportunity to do it, like I'm, I'm going to do it, um, you know, it's almost like I wish that I kind of had somebody that I could go to to get that same, some same experience, you know, when I was first getting started with different projects I was working on. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a massive advocate for like, you, you learn through experience. You don't necessarily learn through studying and, and taking exams and doing whatever, like you learn from going out there and doing work. So to be able to give, you know, people that I, I, I love and, and care about an opportunity to learn from doing work is is amazing but it's also just like i want to empower others i don't i'm not just focused on myself so i um you you just named a few of them and again like i think that as those opportunities continue to come about like i'm never going to say no to anybody it's a question of like but depending on what i'm working at that time what kind of role i have available and whatever but like if somebody has that ambition and 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 wants to put the time in and wants to work like i'm going to give you that and and i promise you're going to learn a lot that's for sure but you got to be ready to work don't forget about me. Don't forget about the rest of us when we might be coming to you one day when you're a lot more famous than you are now. Don't forget about no, us. I, right? Listen, listen, I'm not forgetting about anybody, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's uh, regardless of, you know, who I work with or continue to work with or how big I hypothetically get knock on wood. Like, I don't even like talking about that, but the bottom line is like, you got to work because that's, that's, that's what I've been through these past few years where it's just like, nothing came to me easy. And the only reason why I'm continuing to, do what I'm doing and I'm in these rooms that I'm in and, and working on these projects that I'm working on is like, I've been working my ass off for, for years now. So it's like the one thing that like, you know, I couldn't despise more is like, if people try and come to me for an opportunity and think that like, they're just going to do like, at that point, I'm just like, bro, stop wasting my time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you're wasting both of our times actually. But yeah. um, if you're, if you're hungry and you're ready to work, like, let's do it. But um, you know, that's, I'll, I'll be straight up with anybody, regardless of who it is. It can be my own brother. Fair. Something, something that has also kept you going and motivated is obviously you've worked with a ton of, like you said, everyone's favorite artists, some really cool athletes, celebrities, whatever that may be. And just that experience has to keep you motivated. And obviously I'm not going to get into all the names of the people as that's confidential for most of our listeners, but I want to know from you, is there one person that is in that celebrity famous kind of world that you feel has been really important for you and your success and has helped you grow your entrepreneurial endeavors and just pushed you and your success forward? Um, so it's, it's interesting to think about it that way. I think that like when I was, 
first getting started, the whole idea of like working with these people that I idolize and look up to was like, so, um, you know, it, it seemed so golden to me, but like, once you actually start doing it, it's like, bro, like it almost, I don't want to say it sucks, but it's like some of, and, and I can't generalize here, but some of the artists or athletes that I've worked with are like far and away the hardest people I've ever had to work with. So it's like, be careful what you wish for almost because it's like working with, you know, companies that don't necessarily have the same ego or the same expectations ends up being a lot easier. Um, I think that uh, it's always cool working with people that I, you know, either looked up to as a kid or, or still do now, you know, being a diehard Michigan fan, being able to work with Michigan athletics, di different Michigan athletes in their sports teams. Like that's always so cool to me because it's like, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm a spectator and a fan at the same time. So it's like being able to see one of the biggest, that... one of the biggest fans for those that don't know, BG is a massive sports fan. Yeah. But so, yeah, it, for sure. But so like being able to see some of these athletes that like, you know, whether they fuck with my stuff or not, like I'm going to root for them on the field. So being able to have that like extra support is, is really cool. And also from like the music perspective, like being able to work with some artists that like, you know, I've genuinely listened to these artists my whole life. Like some of my favorite artists, um, you know, like, and, and I wouldn't, cause there's artists that I've worked with that like, yo, it's cool working with them. They're big names, but like, I don't care about their music at all. Some of them that like, you know, they, they, they it really means more for me when I could like, I'll turn their music on in my headphones regardless. And it's like, now it's like, I turn it on and it's like, it, it, it hits different when it's like, Oh, like I actually have a personal relationship with that person or like, I'm actually working. I'm continuing to build with that person. Um, so, so that's, that's like, that's, that's the coolest piece of it for sure. And, and something that I'm excited about, but like, I don't actively look towards like who's the next athlete or artist I'm going to work with. Because again, like I said, like I've learned that those are, you know, sometimes more dreadful experiences. So it's like, I don't, that's, that's not what I'm pushing for. No, yeah. But, but you know, if, if it comes my way, then, then let's do it. I'm sure it's also like a lot harder to reach those people and they are busy in their own lives and they might not necessarily have the same hunger that you have when they're worth hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. So I'm sure that would get frustrating for you. Are, are you going to give me someone that kind of pushed you forward and has been like the top of that list in terms of, matching your hunger great to work with or no one really yeah, comes yeah. to mind no 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 i could i could i mean listen working with with meek mill has changed everything for me i mean like you know i started by just you know he fucked with soho youth club he started wearing soho youth club products super organically and naturally after i met him him and his team um he then had me make his merchandise for him gave me an opportunity on that and then you know from there his team really like put trust in me and would, would call on me to do really a, like they knew that my expertise was in this like creative world around, around clothing and merchandise, but would still call on me for like any random opportunities. And, and, you know, I would never be like, no, I don't do that. Like I, I need to find somebody else or like, that, I can't, that's not what I specialize in. Like I would always just be like, fuck it. I'm going to find a way to do it. Like, yeah. And, you know, being able to get it done through the years, allowed me to continue to build this relationship um not even just directly with him but also with you know his, his team and the people that work behind him and you know being able to continue to work with him to this day and you know now taking on a more involved role on, on his side like that's what motivates me too and 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 you know he shares a lot of the same hunger that I do. Like if you look at the trajectory of his career and what he's been able to do, he's a role model for so many different people. He's not just an artist at all. He's, you know, raising hundreds of millions of dollars for prison reform, which is, you know, the, the story of his career and, and how he got cheated out of years of, of, of um, his life. But then beyond that, it's like, he's now also the, his network is ridiculous. He's the bridge between a lot of these artists and athletes to get to, these people that they would never ever be exposed to the Michael Rubens, the Robert Crafts of the world, all these different guys where it's like, now it's regular for you to see these other rappers and other athletes with these guys. Like Meek is the reason that's happening. I'm telling you that like it's, it's his network is, is through the roof in the way that he's empowering other people that come from similar backgrounds to him to do like, it's all inspiring to me. So um, it would be inspiring to me whether I worked with him or not, but being able to work directly with him and, and on the back end of a lot of his stuff is, is so cool. So that's, that's my easy answer for you for sure. And, and I'm excited awesome. to keep building off that. That's awesome. And he's involved with my Pat's owner, Robert Kraft, doing a ton of stuff. So maybe you got to get involved in some of that stuff too also, even though I know, <laughs> even though I know that might not make you too happy. Yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see.
Anyway, uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you, we've been through a lot of your story and a lot of different people you've worked with, a lot of cool experiences you've had. But if you had to pinpoint one athlete or artist that's kind of your dream of a person you would want to work with, hopefully one day, who would you say and why? I mean, I don't have to think twice. The answer is Kevin Durant. I might get some hate for it. Um, I disappointing. Listen, disappointing. listen. If I, if, I, if I put some more, if I, if you if, if I actually took more time to think about it, I'd probably give you an answer like like Travis Scott or like something like that. But like the easy answer right off the bat is KD. I grew up. This he's been my favorite athlete like for my whole life. Me and KD were both September 29th babies, share the same birthday. Okay. I didn't even know that until after I loved him, but like. Once I found that out, I was like, oh, like, this is my guy right here. Um, I really became a KD fan when I got gifted a KD Sonics jersey, like, at whatever y- young birthday it was. Um, and then that's like, he's been my guy forever. Um, so I'm, uh, I'll, I'll forever be a, a diehard KD fan. I would love to work with KD in any capacity. He's now getting into a lot of super cool different business opportunities and stuff off the court. So, you know, maybe our paths will cross. Maybe our paths will cross one day. Maybe we'll throw a joint birthday party again. Um, uh, maybe maybe we'll throw a joint birthday party together. But um, yeah, he's he's got to be he's got to be my number one. That's that's my goat right there. Don't forget about me when you're putting together that birthday party invitation list. I got to be there, even though KD is not my guy. After <laughs> and never will be ever since what he did joining the Warriors broke my heart. Thought there was a chance he was coming to the Celtics and decided to ruin the league for a couple years, but that's besides the point. Obviously I have no doubt in my mind that your paths will cross at some point and you'll make it happen. You continue to inspire me, a lot of our boys and everyone around you every day. You're doing awesome stuff and it's an honor to call you one of my best friends and just never forget about me. All right. (laughs) I got you, bro. I'm not, I'm not forgetting about anybody. Don't worry. All right, BG, take it easy. Be good. And uh, I'll see you soon. All right. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm uh, excited to go live with it. Love it. All right, thanks, BJ. All right, of course. That's going to wrap it up for today. A special thanks to BG for coming on once again. Those guys will be back next week. See ya.